O Emmanuel, our King and our Lord, the Anointed for the nations and their Savior. Come and save us, O Lord our God. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee O Israel. Today we gather together as mourners, but it's Christmas. Angels come out and say, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Luke 2.10. We're supposed to be happy, but we're also mourners. We're in exile in this world. We've been captured by our enemies and live as prisoners of war. We live as crushed people with no hope. Our hope has been taken away because we're in a land that's not our own. We're in exile in a foreign land, a land that doesn't work for us, a land that works against us, a land filled with enemies seeking our destruction around every corner. Our hope is taken away and replaced by anxiety, anxiety because of the exile, anxiety that leads to a spike in depression and suicide attempts during the holidays. Why do you think the most popular Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life? It's been spun off into countless different television programs. Depressed, George Bailey seeks to end his life on Christmas Eve. Life isn't worth living because of the stresses in his life. He utters the great suicidal line, I'm worth more dead than alive. The movie continues with him receiving a vision about a life where he was never born. The movie is so popular because it's reality television at its purest form. It's real. We deal with these issues all the time whether we want to admit it or not. The stresses in life keep us in exile. We have dysfunctional families where brothers and sisters or parents and children don't get along. Or there's that wonderful uncle that everyone's embarrassed to admit they're related to. Or your job's gotten more stressful. Maybe your job's been cut. Money just doesn't cover as much as it used to. You become anxious for the future because you're not sure how much more you can take. This hopelessness quickly turns to despair. We, like George Bailey and St. Paul, scream out, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Romans 7, 24. Wretched people we are because we look and look, but we can't find help. Everywhere we turn, things just get worse. When we finally figure out that there's nothing we can do about it ourselves, we turn to others for help. But none of our friends, none of our families, none of our jobs, none of our toys can get rid of the despair. They might relieve the burden for a while like morphine after a surgery, but the relief wears off. We find ourselves back in the gloom, back in the desperate times that we're trying to escape. But there is no escape. We've been captured and there's nothing anyone or anything can do about it. In the darkest moments of our despair, we might consider turning to God. Our greatest problem is that God is our last option and not the default option. God wants to be our default option. He has wanted this since before the beginning of the world, before Adam and Eve sinned, 
before Adam and Eve were even created. God has wanted to be our default option. He wants us to rely on him completely and solely. God wants no other option to be available. That's why he gave us the commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Nothing else should be seen as our option to get us out of our despair. God wants us to turn to him because he has given us a way out. Paul tells us, no temptation has overcome you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. In the midst of our captivity, in the midst of our mournful despairing, we don't see the wisdom of God's way out. St. John describes it best in his chapter 1 of his gospel. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. In our dark moments, we fail to see the light coming to us. We fail to see that Jesus is the way out, that Jesus has always been the way out. The apostles tell us Jesus didn't become the Savior of the world in the manger at Bethlehem. Jesus has always been the world's Savior. Always means always. Jesus' gospel tells us that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1.4. We were chosen to be God's children before the world was created. That means Jesus was the world's Savior before the world was created. We see in Revelation 13, 8, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the Lamb's book of life falls into the devil's wiles. But those whose name has been written in the book of life worship the true God. He was Savior before he created, but he was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, 1 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Being the world's savior means nothing if no one knows about it. We have the Christmas story so that we will know. The angels appear to the shepherds so that all the earth may know this wonderful news, the good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Jesus' birth in the manger in Bethlehem brings the dawning of the great day of the Lord, the great day of judgment for those who don't believe and who rebel against God, but the great day of salvation for those who do believe and strive to live as God's people. A great day of love, as love itself came down and took on human flesh. St. John tells us in 1 John 4, 8-10, Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest to us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Love came down from heaven and took its place so that we might know love, but also so that we might love others. This descent from heaven was perfectly timed. As Paul says in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. The great day of Jesus has begun. But the Christmas story is incomplete if we don't look at why Jesus came down to earth. He didn't come to be a tiny little baby that adorns our nativity sets. He didn't come to be cute and cuddly. He came to die. He came to pay the ransom for our sins. He came to die our death. The cute little baby in our nativity set grows up to be the man dying on the cross. The man who takes the judgment your sins deserve. 
the man who frees us from eternal damnation. Through his death, he calls us to live in our newborn freedom. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Galatians 5.1 No longer slaves to sin, we're called to be slaves of righteousness. Romans 6.18 The great day of Jesus calls us to exercise our freedom in bringing the complete Christmas story to our neighbors. His birth to die for us. But Jesus came not only to die. He came to be Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1.21 we can't go to God, so God came to us. He came to us so that he could take us back to be with him in heaven. When Jesus rose from the dead, the gates of heaven were opened. Eternal life was once again within human reach. Not by anything we did. We didn't bring Jesus back from the grave. His grave was merely his resting place as he awaited his resurrection. He raised himself from the dead so that you might return to paradise, where you were created to live. St. John gives us a great picture of heaven throughout the entirety of his revelation. None of it is greater than when we see the new Jerusalem descending from heaven in chapter 21, verses 4 and 5. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Jesus came to bring us back from the darkness and shed his light upon us. He came to live with us so that we might know a bit of what it is like to live with him. Jesus truly is Emmanuel, God with us. He lived with us when he came down from heaven. He lives with us now as he dwells within us by his Holy Spirit. God is with you as you go throughout your days. All because of what happened 2,000 years ago in a stable in Bethlehem. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.